Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. We're going to talk just a few minutes about um, uh, Pentecost Sunday. That's what it is today. It's Pentecost Sunday. It's interesting how we began a series four weeks ago on, on the on the power of the person uh, and, and power and purpose of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Say this out loud. I have someone living in me. I have in me. Yeah, you really do. You are, the Bible says, the temple of God. It says that in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter, or maybe it's the sixth chapter. You find it for yourself. And you are the temple of God. Amen. And the Spirit of God lives in you. Amen. Say, the Spirit of God lives in me. The reason I want you to cap, get that inside of you, because if you get that inside of you, it becomes a revelation. You'll, you'll become wiser in how you, how you live uh, uh, your life and how you even speak and act around other people, because the Bible talks about in Ephesians that you can actually grieve the Holy Spirit, and you can cause him to draw back, not that he will ever leave you, uh, but he, not, he won't be able to do in you and through you what he wants to do. And so I just want you to be conscious of that, that you have the Spirit of God literally living on the inside of you. You need to capture that because a lot of Christians have a difficult time thinking that they're isolated or they're by themselves, especially when they're going through hard times, but you're not. God is always with you because he promised he would never leave you nor forsake you. If, if you believe that, shout amen. amen. So it's Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost was actually, uh, you know, was the, it's the Jewish celebration uh, that they also call first fruits or Passover when Israel, uh, by the leadership of Moses, was led out of 430 years of Egyptian captivity, Egyptian type of the world, Pharaoh, a type of Satan, Moses, a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and he delivered them, praise God. Uh, and, and then the Bible says, uh, while, while he was delivering them, he told them to take a lamb and to kill that lamb, eat it, and then take the blood from it and sprinkle it upon the doorposts of your house because in the middle of the night, the death angel was going to come. And it, when he sees the blood, uh, when he sees the blood, uh, um, God says, I will pass over you. Uh, say Passover. Amen. And God would pass over them and protect those households. And that's exactly what happened. So that was their divine deliverance. And of course, then, of course, they experienced this miraculous thing called baptism through the Red Sea to where they went through on a dry ground. And it's, again, it's interesting when you read. People, a lot of times, like to sit down and really figure out things, how it might have been. But in order to get three million people through the Red Sea in one night, the Red Sea had to split three miles wide. So it wasn't just a little, you know, path, you know, four feet wide, you know. It was a massive work of God's Spirit, supernatural. In fact, the wind blew, dried the ground up, and then, praise God, they went across without even getting their feet dirty. Is that pretty cool or what? Amen. That was their miraculous baptism, amen, into the center of God's will, which was to take them to the promised land. So traditionally today, Jews are still celebrating the Feast of Pentecost, commemorating the law or the, what we call or know as the Ten Commandments. It was on the 50th day 
after Israel left Egypt, that Moses stood upon Mount Sinai uh, and, and received the law of God carved by the finger of God in stone. Amen. Listen to this. Establishing the spiritual boundaries required of Abraham's descendants to preserve his seed and at the same time Israel's right standing with God. Amen. Now, I want you to understand that this spiritual boundary. Isn't that something that we believe? We want God's full blessings in our lives uh, um, uh, we sometimes believe we can receive the full blessings of God in our lives and at the same time live our lives outside the boundaries of his word. And it just doesn't happen. Um, you have to, how many agree that for faith to work, you have to stay in love? Amen. Amen? For faith to work, you have to exercise patience. I mean, there are so many things that there are boundaries that God said in his words that if you stick within those boundaries, God will bless your life and perform the supernatural for you in your life. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. The law was holy. Listen to this. The law was holy, steadfast, and full of both the life of God and the nature of God. The only thing the Mosaic law didn't have was the power for you to live it. It didn't have the power for them to enforce it in their lives. It failed in that respect. Why? Because they were not born again. And guess what? When they broke the law, the law simply said that those that break the law shall, be, um, uh, shall um, experience death in, in, in all its expressions. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death. When I was a little boy, you know, they'd quote that in scripture, and they'd quote that in church, and I, they'd stop right there. The wages of sin is death. Well, if that's the case, and that's all we have, we're without hope. But it didn't say, Paul went on to say, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Romans 8, 2, it says this, for the law of the spirit of life. Say there's a greater law. A greater Amen. Law. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How many are in Christ today? Raise your hand if you're in Christ. Yeah. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us free from the law of sin and death. Amen. When Adam sinned and transgressed in the garden, when he sinned, the Bible says he hid himself from God. Well, why? Because God said, in the day that you eat of this tree, you will surely die. So for sure, when he heard the voice of God, he was, he was for sure, uh, he believed that God was coming to get him and kill him. Aren't you glad that God never came to give us death, but to give us life? Hallelujah. Amen. And so God chose, a, a, instead of enforcing the law of sin and death, God chose a higher law called the law of love. Praise God. And, 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 just, and of course, had prepared a lamb before the foundation of the world, which is his son, to die for the sins of humanity overall. So what's amazing in these two events, the giving of the law and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, was that they happened... Uh, though they happened 1,200 years apart, they happened on the exact same day. That's how, that's how precise God is. It reminded me of Ecclesiastes 3. It says, to everything there is a season and a time for every matter or purpose under heaven. Amen. So now let's look at the familiarity of both events, Pentecost on Mount Sinai and Pentecost in the upper room, amen, in Acts 2. Number one, on Mount Sinai, Exodus 19, the Bible says that there was a very loud blast of the ram's horn, and here's what it says, it was exceedingly loud. In fact, it was so loud that it literally freaked out three million people that were down below. They just literally, they were possessed by fear when they heard the sound of God. And then the Bible says, on the day of Pentecost, 
120 believers, as they were united in prayer, um, exactly 50 days following the death and resurrection of Christ, verse 2 says, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. They knew it was beyond natural. It was supernatural. That's how, that's how explosive it was. Uh, as of a mighty rushing wind. On Mount Sinai, Exodus 19 says, verse 16, there were thunders and lightnings. Verse 18 says, Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke, for the Lord descended upon it in fire. In the upper room, it says, there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, and it sat upon each one of them. Isn't that powerful? I mean, just the analogies of both events were so familiar. <laughs> then it says, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak uh, in other tongues, or with other tongues, or languages, that is, as the Spirit gave them utterance. That word utterance means enunciation. Let me just tell, encourage you, don't be afraid of the supernatural, listen, when it's biblically sound. Amen. Now, how many here with an uplifted hand agree that you need all the help you can get that God promised to live the Christian life. You need all the help you can get. All of it. I mean everything. And I'll never forget, in 1971, we got gloriously saved. I did. Vicky had recommitted her life to Christ at that time. And, and, and of course, we always had a lady in church. She, her name was Martha. She's still alive. I think she's about 88 years old now. And... Um, she had chased us around uh, trying to get us filled with the Holy Ghost. And of course, we were, you know, we were a little bit uh, scared of that. And so we just, uh, we avoided her at all costs. <laughs> and she was a sweet woman. I mean, sweet, sweet, sweet. And um, uh, yeah, because why? Because we, our attitude is, well, if God wants us filled with the Holy Ghost, he'll get us filled with the Holy Ghost. But you got to seek, it just says you seek salvation. Yeah. Amen. And so when she got filled with the Holy Ghost at a camp, which we had all the time to, all, time to tell all these wonderful stories, she got filled with the Holy Ghost at a youth camp as a counselor. And when she came home speaking in tongues, I said, man, I've got to have that. Amen. See, even Norwegians were that bright to know we have to have something from God. And so we prayed, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost. <coughs> filled, why? Because I wanted everything available to me to help me live the Christian life. Amen. I said, amen. So I, I say that to all of you here today. If you're not filled, I mean, if you don't, not filled with the Holy Ghost, in the sense of re having received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, when you get saved, you receive the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost lives in you. I said, when you get saved, the Holy Ghost lives in you. But there's this, uh, uh, this is added blessing and bonus for each individual, and that is a personal prayer language so that you can pray and be built up on the inside. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, you can actually pray the mysteries uh, of, of God in your prayer language. But setting that aside, of course, the most important thing is that you uh, bear the character of God uh, ab above anything. If you agree with that, say amen to that. All right, so, but don't be afraid of the supernatural. Be open to it. I know that, you know, you probably meet or have seen some things or meet some people that are weird and they speak in tongues. Well, they were weird before they spoke in tongues. Amen. Amen. I'll go on this side. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And so don't, don't just, just be open to God. Go to the scriptures and say, Father, if this is true, show me. And he'll show you. Because he loves you and wants you the best. He wants you to be totally equipped for whatever comes your way. Amen? So anyway, in both events, God showed, up his, God showed up in his glory and with his power. On Mount Sinai, 50 days after their deliverance, he showed up to provide for them the law of God or, or the divine counsel of God. And then in the upper room, he provided the power to understand the word. Amen? 
See, before you get saved, you can open up the scriptures and not understand them. But once you get saved, God, God opens up the eyes of your understanding. These eyes, amen. I know we have natural eyes, but you have spiritual eyes. And in, how, many, how many here experienced that when you got saved, the Bible began to make, make sense to you? Because see, God's opening. And if, he has, and if that hasn't happened to you, ask God for it. Say, so God, open up the eyes of my understanding so I can see what you're saying. I can see what you're saying. I can hear what you're saying. So why? Because you, unless you see it and understand it, you won't be able to walk it out in your life. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So anyway, I read this earlier in Jeremiah 29, how God, he really has a future of hope for you. And when I read that to the youth earlier, because I want the youth to understand, when I graduated from high school, I had no idea what I was going to do. You're talking about, I was lost. I didn't have Christ in my life. I had no direction for my life, but God had his hand on my life, praise God, which I'm grateful for. And kids, he has his hand on your lives. Listen, you're not always going to do everything right, but just stay connected with God because I don't care. God's mercy is new every morning, hallelujah, and he, he's not the condemner, he's not the accuser, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to trip up, mess, mess up, but God will always be there to pick you up and to take you forward, praise God, I want you to know that. So as I shared earlier, Jeremiah 29, it's the principle that God has a future and a hope for you. It's a spiritual principle because Jesus confirmed it in Matthew 6, He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. In King Solomon giving his son counsel, he said this. And this was a scripture that our pastor gave us when we got married. Proverbs 3, 5, trust, that word means put your confidence in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. And the reason he said that is because you're going to have many opportunities to get your head in the way. Lean, begin to trust your own understanding. Don't do that. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And he, the word acknowledge means recognize and observe him, and he will direct your paths. Amen. amen. I said Amen. Now, in the Bible, there's so many great stories of men and women, how mighty they were. In fact, Hebrews 11 lists quite a few of them. But two of my favorites in the Bible are Joseph and David. In fact, every time I read the story of Joseph, I get inspired. Because for a man that was not born again, I'm telling you, that guy knew God. Uh, I mean, for a young kid, 17 years old, for what happened to him, you know, you can listen to this because people do it today. In fact, in fact, there may be people here today that still hold others um, uh, in hostage uh, and blame them for what you're, where you're at or where you're not at in life. You got to stop blaming people and start trusting God. I'm serious about that. You can blame grandpa, grandma. You can blame mom and dad. But it's time you buck up and commit your life to Christ and trust him with your future because he's got a good future for you. Give God praise for that. He really does. Just quit blaming people. Accept the responsibility for your life. Amen. And God will bless you. Can I have an amen? So Joseph and David, what two great young men that God used them for his glory. And they, listen, both men impacted the nations. Both of them did. did. Even though in the natural, the odds were stacked against them. And I'll give you a few examples. And, and, and I won't read them for sake of time because it's already flying by. But when you read the, please read the, especially young kids, read the life of Joseph. 17 years old. You could, you could simply say he just graduated from high school. He's 17 years old, he, he, you know, and it, but it, what, what, um, what was awesome about his life was that he knew God, all I can say that, he knew God. 
How do we know? By studying what happened in his life. When he was just 17 years old, we know the story that his father loved him. And uh, in fact, uh, he loved him so much, he loved him more than all the other kids. Why? Because he was the last one, and his father was very old. And uh, it didn't make a right, but it was so. And the Bible says three, four times, it says, in just a few verses, and his brothers hated him. His brothers hated him. His brothers hated him. And then finally, his brothers envied him. I'm telling you, you talk about, you talk about obsessed with um, hatred uh, against your own siblings. And why? Because they were blaming him you know, for their disconnection with dad. And it's funny that they didn't blame dad, they blamed Joseph. So anyway, the whole story, they threw him in a pit, sold him, to, sold, uh, him into Egyptian slavery. He ended up at Potiphar's, uh, as Potiphar's slave. And of course, what's so beautiful about it, you can study to read it for yourself, that he kept his heart so in tune to God that God blessed Potiphar for, God blessed Potiphar because of Joseph and Potiphar recognized it. Come on. How many want to go to work? No, that business you're working for is blessed because the anointing of God is on your life. Hallelujah. A man is a powerful story. And and then, of course, you know the story how that, you know, he's serving God. He's prospering. He's the most prosperous slave in all of Egypt. And he's blessed. Hallelujah. And um, and guess what happens? Here comes a hunk of hunk of burning love, Pharaoh's wife. And, and I said this, and I believe with all my heart, that she was absolutely one of the most gorgeous knockout women you could ever imagine, because Pharaoh didn't have ugly ladies. You'd lighten up a little bit. Huh? And she hit on him. And the Bible says she hit on him constantly, consistently, but he never took the bait. In fact, at one point, it became a perfect environment for, uh, for sexual compromise, and that she, nobody was in the house, everybody was gone, he, and he comes into the house to do uh, his faithful business for, for, um, uh, for the Pharaoh, and guess what? She hits on him and says, come to bed with me. And the Bible says that man, he turned, and, and she grabbed him, and he had a, uh, maybe, I don't know, a taller on him, or, I mean, a a sash or something around him. She pulled him and, and, and it, it loosed him and he ran as fast as he could. And she, of course, ended up accu- uh, uh, accusing him of something he didn't do. So what did he do? He spent two years in prison. He, for, he spent two years in prison and all that time never blamed anybody for where he was. But just stayed true to God. And guess what? The jailer was blessed because of Joseph. In fact, Joseph was so blessed, the jailer made him head over all the prisoners. I just love these stories. It could have been much worse. He could have gotten embittered, start complaining and cussing with everybody else, and, but he didn't do it. He didn't get in the cesspool of self-pity. He stayed true to God. Hallelujah. And, was, and, and why am I saying this? Because, see, in life, life is not, I always tell people, life, uh, kids, life is not fair, but God is faithful. And people sometimes will treat you cruel, but God never will. People sometimes are not fair. They take advantage of you, but God never will. In all those times of being taken advantage of, uh, the false accusations, the Bible says, and I think it's in Timothy, you look up yourself, it says that God is pleased when we're falsely accused. Falsely accused. He's glorified in that. And so you maintain a good heart. And trust God. There'll be maybe many times you have different jobs where you're working for not good people, but you lift them up to God and God will change their lives. Hallelujah. Amen. I said amen. Amen. 
God is so good. So you see these stories, of course, what was Joseph heading for? Joseph didn't know. Joseph didn't know that he would end up being not only the savior of his family, he would be a deliverer to all the nations around Egypt. Study it for yourself. Is that powerful or what? Didn't know it. Become second, most, second, the most, uh, he became the second most powerful man in Egypt. A Jew, a slave, all because he knew God and stayed faithful to God. Is this awesome or what? Amen. Amen. See, he was not supposed to, he's Jewish slave, not supposed to succeed in life. I mean, born into the wrong race. And that's what stinks about racism. I hate racism. It, all it does is divide a nation. I hate it because we're all the same. We all bleed the same. We all have the same hang-ups and troubles in life. But if we all stay united to God and united in love, God will have his way. Praise God. Can I have a, yes, amen. God will have his way. Hallelujah. Again, I won't get into David's life, but the same thing. What a tremendous story he has of what he went through to get to that place of king. I mean, the moment he was anointed, at the moment he was anointed king uh, of Israel, adversity hit home, but he stayed faithful to God. He stayed true to God, and God, him, God got him where he's supposed to be. And that's the same with all of you graduates. Sometimes you don't know, what am I gonna do? I mean, you know, what, hey, uh, Pastor Vicky said years ago, uh, just do what you know to do, and then you'll know what to do. And sometimes it just takes time. Get a job. I mean, if you're going to college, study hard, uh, you know, study hard, work hard, get, get your degrees, get out and, and get to work, you know. And, and if you've got a job, just be faithful, have a great attitude, go to work every day with a smile on your face, respect and honor, and, and be subservient to your boss. And I'm telling you, you don't have to kiss anything. God will bless your life if you just keep blessing him. Can I have an Amen. No, I'm serious about that. You, you don't have to, you know, um, forgive me, all the words, that slangs that people use, you know, but you don't have to kiss up to anybody. You just be faithful to God and honor and respect your boss. And, and if he don't bless you, God will bless you. If he don't promote you, God will promote you. Hallelujah. Amen. Why? Because for everything, there's a season. Praise the Lord. Amen. I got to wind this down. I want to read two scriptures and then we're done. John 14. Go there if you would. John, the 14th chapter. Are you getting anything out of this today? Amen. But in both cases, I'll just emphasize this. In both cases, in both cases, the Holy Spirit had full control of both Joseph and David's life. Full control. The Holy Spirit, you think the Holy Spirit somehow just, you know, was manifested at the day of Pentecost. No, he worked, he worked the will of God all through the Old Testament. He was present. Anything that supernatural had happened in the Old Testament was the Spirit of God uh, manifesting uh, God's glory. Can I have an amen? amen. Now, in the book of John, um, uh, Jesus, of course, is introducing uh, this, um, this new uh, comforter to the disciples. And, of course, they didn't really understand it at the time until, until they experienced it. And in the 14th chapter, I, I really like this. Uh, I'll get there. Verse uh, 14. No, verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, every blessing is preceded by command. If you, how many love Jesus today? Amen. Amen. Now, that's going to be put to the test. Maybe even before you get home in the car. Amen. If you love me, he says, keep. The word keep means, it means to, um, uh, to uh, protect from loss or injury. Keep. If you love me, he says, 
Oh, I'm in 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 16, and I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter, okay? That he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth. Remember I said this and Billy confirmed it. I didn't talk to her about this, but Billy uh, confirmed it when she was here, Billy Graham. Uh, if you study the Bible in context and you stay humble before God, you will never get off. Uh, did you hear me? You'll never get off, never get flaky. Why? Because the spirit of truth will make sure you get the truth. Amen. And then he goes on and says, uh, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. In verse 18, I will not leave you comfortless, or the Amplified says, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to make sure you're taken care of. Now, I want to read the Amplified because just to emphasize uh, something important to all of you here today. I've told you these things, Jesus said in verse 25, the Amplified, while I'm still with you. But the comforter, now the word comforter there, literally, it, it shouldn't have been written comforter, it should have been written parakletos, P-A-R-A-K-L-E-T-O-S, parakletos. And the word parakletos has a sevenfold meaning. And this, here's the sevenfold meaning. Uh, but the parakletos, the comforter, the counselor, look at them now, look at, look at them, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. Is that awesome? So what is he saying? He knows, already knows what kind of journey that you're on. He already knows that your life is going to be filled with all sorts of detours and disappointments and, and, and challenges and struggles and, and warfare. He already knows that. That's why he wanted them to know. Jesus wanted them to know. Listen, see the guys, how I've taken care of you, how I've protected you, how I've provided for you. He said, I want you to know I'm leaving, yes, but I'm going to send a sevenfold, seven I'm going to send a sevenfold person to live in you to be your counselor, your helper, your intercessor, your advocate, your strength and here, stand by the Holy Ghost. Give God praise for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, come on. Amen. Say, I'm not alone. Yeah, I just wrote this down. It says, wherever you're going, whatever you do, you're not, going, you're not going it alone, and you're not doing it alone. God has given you his divine supply, the Holy Spirit. Amen. And guys and gals, I said last week, out of 1 Kings 19, how that God came to Elijah, and there was a manifestation of, of a supernatural wind, manifestation of an earthquake, and a manifestation of a great fire, but he wasn't in any of those. What does that mean? You're going you're gonna to have opportunities to get distracted about everything that's going on in the world. That's why I said I quit listening to the news. Don't listen to it. Just, just stay focused on God. Stay focused what he promised in his word. Praise God. Amen. And God will... God will lead you and guide you, provide for you, protect you, and bless your life. Give God a good shout of praise for that. Amen. Last verse, Matthew 6. Jesus speaking to his disciples. This is early on in ministry. He really wanted them to know, hey, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of you. Therefore, do not worry and be anxious saying, what are we going to have to eat? What are we going to have to drink? Or what are we going to have to wear? For the Gentiles wish for, they, they um, crave and diligently seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows. Say, my Father knows. Yeah. He knows well that you need them all. But seek 
aim at, strive after first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, and then all these things taken will be given unto you besides. I want to read these last two translations. Uh, the Living Bible, don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow uh, too, so live one day at a time. Say live one day at a time. Amen. Amen. Then I love the message. Listen to this. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Is that awesome or what? Musicians come forward. So I want to encourage you today to put your trust in God. So don't worry. Years ago, there was a song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Amen. That was kind of a cool song, kind of a, what would you call it? Like a... Thank you. Reggae? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Just uh, don't worry. Be happy. Uh, but but my, my, my say, don't worry, but trust God. It ain't about, it ain't about just trying to, be, trying to be happy. You'll be happy if you just trust God. Hallelujah. Because he has your present and your future in his hands if you allow him to do that. Can I have an amen? Let's stand. I want to pray for all of you today. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.